0: is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, doctors, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status no. Yeah, this is the Healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the Healthcare Wrap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists. Where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap.
1: welcome back to the podcast ladies and gentlemen i'm your host jared johnson and i'm here with peter balistrieri what's up what's up how are you doing? Are you going to be anywhere uh, sometime
2: soon, Peter? Thank you for asking. I will be at Content Marketing World the 5th, 6th, and 7th. I am looking forward to also being at the summit on the 7th from Amanda Todor- Todorovic with Cleveland Clinic. So I am excited about that. I hope I see her there and I hope I see some of our listeners there as well.
1: Is it okay if people approach you and, you know? <laughs> yes, please do. I
2: will, maybe I'll wear my uh, my badge maybe. Uh, people can, uh, but I'll have a name tag on too. So if you see me, uh, just say, hey, I listen to you on your podcast, and uh, I'd love to get to know you. I'll bring a bunch of my extra business cards, and we can we can chat. So hopefully, I will see some of you out there.
1: You think you could wear like a hoodie over like a like a sport coat or something, like just so you a you know, some bling? So I can. Some, so uh, I look the part of this podcast.
2: Yeah, I like it. I so. like it. People might not understand it, but I like to put my hat a little sideways or something like that. Maybe get my my teeth done, grill. You know. We'll see, I like maybe. That. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> or I could look like you and put the, you know, the NASA hoodie with the with the with the headband. I'm sure a lot of you have seen that on LinkedIn. <laughs> he rocked it, yeah. Maybe, yeah.
1: The best part is where you... I got the NASA hoodie, and I'm not admitting it. All right, that's I, I, I won't know. tell you where I got it, I know. but it's it's pretty special. It was
2: sick, and you were illin, man. You were illin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, well, well, maybe we can. Uh... It just doesn't sound right. Like maybe we could ill some more. Like (laughs) my street cred is gone. I know. I I didn't have much to begin with, and now it's gone.
2: (laughs) Well, that was good stuff, though. So uh, always um, great to be with you. Um, Like I said, I'm looking forward to being at the content marketing world. So hopefully, I'll see you guys there.
1: Yeah, outstanding. Glad uh, you get to go out there and and hang. And I think we're gonna have a lot of fun uh, just hearing what you come back with from there. So anyway, today we actually have an interesting. Well. Again, I always think things are interesting, but we've got an interesting topic today. Newsflash!
2: Yeah. Well, if you're <laughs> listening, you find
1: it interesting as well. So, what do you got for us? Right. Well, uh, I'm, I'm hoping people will engage with us because they like the topics, and that you'll let us know what else you want to hear about, what other topics are of interest to you, and how we can help. Yeah. And today's topic is something I actually wrote about for the well-known publication E Healthcare Strategy and Trends, mm-hmm. and it's an article I wrote earlier this year that uh, I wanted to dive into a little bit. It's about you know what happens with how marketing is really not like but should be like the sixth grade science fair. So we're going to dive right into that for our rap battle today. I love it. Rap battle. So the rap battle is where we challenge an assumption that's been holding back healthcare marketing. And this is where we, quite frankly, have a lot of fun. And so we're going to challenge an assumption today that it's so exciting that I'm like knocking going step gonna over. over. Yeah. Man, man. But the, the assumption that we're challenging today is that marketing and communications are just right brain functions and that there's not really any math and science involved. So, you're wondering where the heck am I going with this? I am. Here's where I'm going with this. There's a little story again. This this is part of that that article that I wrote and here's the basis. I'm so the 6th grade science fair was not my favorite time of my life. I was at the time, I'm a lot better now, I'd like to think, but I was the like the worst procrastinator of the worst at the time to the point where the night before the project was due, I was bawling to my dad, bawling my eyes out. Um, I haven't started my project yet. It's due tomorrow.
2: I think I did that myself. (laughs) Maybe it's a guy thing. I don't know. (laughs) I was terrible with it, too. Oh, it was bad. I think I was trying to do a a volcano or something like that. Yeah, it was just a bad, bad situation.
1: Always a bad situation. And so I'm not necessarily relating to that as much today. And it's funny because I loved math and science growing up. Like, I loved it. I mean, the NASA hoodie we were just talking about, I was going to be... An astronaut. I was going to work for NASA. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, I grew up in Houston. I grew up not too oh, far. Yeah, that makes sense. From yeah. uh, Mission Control, yeah, essentially. In Houston,
2: we have a problem. Something happened. Literally. Yeah. I mean,
1: we weren't <laughs> too far. We we'd go on field trips there every year and growing up in grade school and stuff and one year we had an astronaut come to our third grade class and like i got you were all in i got to be in a picture with him and got his autograph and stuff and i was all over that i went to space camp when i was 12 so i was all i really was i'm
2: learning some things about this guy today i didn't know
1: that math and science all the way and so then i end up in marketing and i'm reflecting back recently about are they alike are they different are they just two opposite polish sides of the of the spectrum and I don't think so anymore, and here, here's why. There's a lot of similarities between marketing today. Again, this is an evolution of, of the field itself, and it's to the credit of those who have helped bring elements of of math and science, specifically the scientific process, into our field today. I still think you know, like when a when a child wins that sixth grade science fair, again. That definitely wasn't me. Me I actually ended up getting a good grade because I was able to. We actually got an extra day or two, I think, because there were so many kids in class. We could all present the same day or something. Yeah. So this was definitely not me winning the science fair. But no one tells that winner of the science fair, hey, uh, congratulations, you're going to make a great marketer one day. Right. (laughs) And (laughs) the point I'm trying to make is that maybe we should start thinking that way because it feels like the days of science and liberal arts really being at opposite ends, those are kind of fading away. And I think about some of the similarities. Let's start with the scientific method, okay? So this is the fun part where we all had to, this is the stuff we had to print out or cut out or draw on the poster board in that science fair. right? And the first part of the scientific method was your objective. That's the item of focus. That's the experiment that you're conducting. And the fact that you're even conducting an experiment should say something that there's some science involved in every aspect of marketing because what should we be doing? We should be A-B testing. We should be looking at our analytics. So just even having the thought of, of experimenting of trying things of things aren't going to be perfect the first time we have to be willing to accept that right. but we have to know how to how to tweak it really quickly right. if, especially if it's in production if it's out there but you know let's think about that so the first part of the scientific process is your objective so that it's the effect of an of a variable on something else so what's the relationship or what's the effect of this thing on this other thing? And you always have control group or baseline. So you're measuring against something. Then the next thing is your hypothesis. You make an educated guess. What do you think will happen? Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times that just seems like a new concept in marketing of, no, we already know the answer to that. Why would we hypothesize about anything else? Right, so, exactly. So, but that, that that's really where we are. That's part of marketing today. The third part is the procedure. That's where you document the steps you took to conduct your experiment. I mean, heaven forbid you want to do the same thing because it did work. (laughs) So you got to know what all the pieces are. So you got to know what the steps are. I won't say I'm always the best at that. And I wish I was. Yeah, I wish I was better at that. Yeah. Uh, The next part, though, is the observation. You record what happens. You observe what happens. You pay attention. You look. You listen to what's going on. And you're able to tell whether that hypothesis is correct or not. Because... The fifth step is analysis. You I review those know. results. You compare it to your control group. You have a baseline to compare it against, and you can visualize that data. You can parse it up however you want, but you actually look at the data. You don't wait for someone else to do it and tell you what they did. You do it yourself.
2: Right. And exactly. Then the
1: final part is the conclusion. You say whether that hypothesis was right. You say what you would want to do if you did it again. Would you do the experiment the same way? Would you Do different things, and what are the implications? Like, why should a society care? Like Peter was saying in a recent episode, like, so what? Yeah. So what about that experiment? Like, what's what's the application? So, if we think about, isn't that what we should be doing in today's marketing? There are so many channels and tactics and technologies emerging these days. Seems like we should just get used to experimenting. So, I'm going to lob that out there, Peter. What do you think?
2: Well, first of all, when I read this, I was blown away by the fact that it is so similar to what we do in marketing in today's marketing. And I wanna come back to that little precursor to the word marketing, today's marketing. But first, let me just say this. I didn't even realize, so I'm on the opposite end. I hated math and science. I feel bad because my kids love math and science, and one of my kids wants to be a neurosurgeon. My gosh, that's an amazing thing. <laughs> so I try to not even talk about my disdain for analytics and math and science. It's just not my deal. I'm not, like, I think if you looked at my brain, the right side looks like a balloon and the left side looks like a prune. That is me in a nutshell. However, when I go through this with your article, which I think is a great article, this objective, hypothesis, procedure, observation, analysis, and conclusion, that's essentially what I'm doing every day or what I've done in the past 20 years of my career. So it was like, this was actually really weird to me. Like I'm doing something that I hated all my life growing up. But I've always put this kind of this overlay of writing and that right brain creativity over over the top of it. So I think there was a veil on top of it a little bit. But as I'm hearing you talk, the interesting thing that I love to bring up is it makes me think of two pieces of entertainment that actually fall into that same timeline. They're, they're actually shot and they're in the same kind of like timeline of, our, of the U.S. history. One is, and I'm bringing this up because I wanted to talk about when you said today's marketing. So today's marketing is much different than yesterday's marketing. And yesterday's marketing is, is now I'm going back to those two shows that I wanted to bring up. One is Mad Men and one is Hidden Figures. So we have two shows, one's a movie, one's a show. So yesterday's marketing is Mad Men, where they just kind of made decisions based on gut feel. And I'm sure that there was some analytics, but they're not in the world that we are now with the kind of feedback that we can get back and, and, and metrics that we have with dashboards and things like that. Like Think about that for a second and roll that around your head. Is How did they do analytics and marketing in the days of, of Mad Men? You know what I mean? The, the, those old ad agency things. And then kind of around in that same time frame, that that's 50s, 60s, you had NASA and you had a movie like Hidden Figures where people were challenging assumptions. They were, they were using data to determine the best ways to do things. So you 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 look at those two things and they and and how they kind of like they can come in opposite ways. And when I when you said today's marketing, that's a key there because I don't think. Maybe I, you know, I'd love to talk to somebody that was doing marketing back in the 50s and 60s, but I don't necessarily know that they were doing all of the analyzing and, and the metrics work that we do now. There was just a thought that I, I was thinking about when you were talking about all this.
1: So it's like today you could almost say we're hashtag marketing forward?
2: Right. Exactly. Right, exactly. I mean, seriously, it's, just, it's kind of mind boggling to think about how things were, were back then and how did they determine what their success was back then as opposed to now.
1: You know, so true. It's yeah. so true, and I think the other point we want to make here in, in comparing the two is that we don't want to necessarily take away the right brain side of marketing because then it's going to be all so uh, like so sterile. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. So exactly.
1: We're not by any means saying that. What we're looking at is this more well-rounded mm-hmm. approach to it mm-hmm. and the need for it yeah. to keep up and ultimately to improve the success of what we're doing. Right. So a couple other points you know about just science and math fields in general and how that relates to marketing and communications I know at least in the you know the stem type classes we'd have in school growing up that's where you'd hear a lot about like critical thinking and creative problem solving and i didn't necessarily hear those kinds of things as much in uh, liberal arts classes and english class and a literature class and yet it seems like those things are very much related i mean STEM fields really are known for you know critical thinking and and creative problem solving, but you know, marketing and communications really can be the same thing. And my point in this article was to you know just ask anyone who's involved in responsive web design, because here's what that's like. <laughs> here's what that's like. Yeah, exactly. So try building something that accomplishes all your KPIs for not just one persona, but five, 10, 15 different personas. And by the way, all those personas have differing, conflicting objectives that they're trying to accomplish using the same website. Uh, better yet, try to account for every common use case for each of those personas. So some are going to reach an internal landing page from a Facebook ad. Uh, some are going to find your homepage from organic search, usually 60 to 65% of them. <laughs> and those who, they're those who are going to access the site directly, they're going to live chat with an agent because they didn't find what they're looking for in the first one and a half seconds. And now, as if that wasn't enough, because eventually you can get there, it might feel pretty linear, okay, hey, we answered all of those use cases for all of those personas. Well, now try to make that each one of those personas, every one of those use cases, make every one of them be able to happen in less than two clicks or less than two taps in you know, 15 to 20 different browsers and operating systems, each on at least four different screen sizes, yeah. that each look good and right and where things expect things are expected to be on the screen. It's a lot. It's almost overwhelming. It is overwhelming. Just thinking about it again. Yeah, it blows Uh, your mind. Really, I mean, if that isn't creative problem solving, I don't know what is. Yeah, exactly.
0: Everybody wants their content to work. But if you're not careful, it'll drive you berserk. You need the right partner, but where to begin? Use True North Custom, that's how you win. In healthcare content marketing. Gotta try something new, cause innovation is king. True North Custom, they're the bomb. Check it at truenorthcustom.com. Guys, listen up. True North Custom is the only healthcare marketing firm delivering the full continuum of content strategy. For 30 years, guys, 30 years, they've helped healthcare organizations engage consumers and clinicians through award winning content and data driven campaigns. Today, more than 500 clients trust them for expertise in three categories excellent content supporting brand driving business and leveraging marketing technology solutions think about it two-thirds of healthcare marketers feel content marketing is essential or very important to their organizations but with the rise of content marketing as an effective way to amplify your voice and boost patient volume separating your brand signal from all the noise can be a challenge you know what i'm talking about don't you so here's where this comes in. This is an exclusive download for healthcare rap listeners. True North has a free guide for you to download. It's called content plus automation, the modern marketing power couple guys. This is a way to supercharge your content strategy. It's really easy. All you got to do is go to bit.ly slash healthcare rap one, the number one, that's where you will find this exclusive resource. Again, it's available only for healthcare rap listeners. So check that again. It's at bit.ly slash healthcare Wrap And the number one, tell your whole crew.
2: There's just so many ways to ingest or digest information these days that if you're not doing analytics uh, as a marketer, or at least having somebody help you with analytics, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're kind of throwing money out the window. I mean, it's that, what is it? It's, it, it's that the gun analogy, of course, is like, you know, okay, you can either use a sniper rifle or you can use a shotgun. And, you know, the shotgun, you're shooting it up in the air and hoping a pellet lands on you or the right person. And in you know, the sniper rifle, you're going right at somebody, the right target. I love that one because it just makes the most sense to me. Not that I'm a violent person, but it just makes sense to me because I'm not an analytics person. But when you put it in that kind of format. That analogy, you know, we all have as marketers limited budgets. Why wouldn't you want to get to the right people at the right time in the right place? I mean, I just think it's it's the way it has to be, you know. And there is some guts, there is gut to it too. I mean, definitely. But it's that intersection between head and heart, I think, that makes a successful
1: marketer. I agree with that, and I like I like the thought that you just brought in budget into this because budgets have to do with numbers, math, you know. Yeah. So we might not tend to want to. Deal with that part of it too much, and the reality is, you're dealing with math when you're thinking of how to splice up, how to slice up the marketing budget pie. Right. So, when you're basing that on some kind of math and analytics, it, it sure is a lot easier and it's more effective. It's absolutely necessary at any level. We want to be involved in understanding how effective we could be, and then you have to think about: is there another pie we actually should be slicing into instead? Is that one going to be bring, bring us a, a better return than the one we're, we're slicing up right now? So. There's a lot of variables involved, I guess, to use the scientific method, you know, vernacular again. And so then, you know, the final point that I made about the science fair is that that always involves math. The analytics or the analysis and observation and procedure parts of a science fair experiment usually involves some math somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you're measuring things. Uh, you are looking at relationships between results, and you're analyzing them and visualizing those in a graph or a chart or a you know or a table. And so we want to get comfortable with math and analytics. And really, to me, the main value of that is that you're now finally speaking the language of the C-suite. Yeah, They're looking at numbers. They're making decisions based on tables and charts and graphs. They're not making it based on gut feeling.
2: Yeah, that alone should make you want to kind of embrace the math and analytics part of it. And again, if you're not comfortable with it, you know what? Look at hiring somebody that can do it. Look at somebody in your, in, your, in your department that might be better with it. Point is, make sure it's part of your your process. That's the key that we're saying here is you just might not have the capacity or the wherewithal to do it, but get it done. In some way, shape, or form, get it done because, look, I'm, I'm going to break this down from, from, from my standpoint. What's the, when you, if you're a marketer or a communicator, what is the most fun thing in your job all right, one of the most fun things in your job. To me it's when you put a piece out and it just hits the mark. Uh, whether it's on Facebook or a direct mail piece or whatever and you're starting to see the flood back in of engagement or uh, registrations to a, you know to an event or whatever happens to be whatever the positive outcomes of your your marketing did. It's one of the greatest feelings to see it just like take off. If you want that more and you want to see that more often Math and analytics is gonna help you. You just have to kind of see that, you know? You can only survive so long on on guessing, on the guessing game. It's gonna come back and hurt you at some point, I feel like. So if I'm talking to you directly out there in podcast land, make friends with an analytics person or get to know it yourself. At least be at least know enough to be dangerous. I guess that's what I'm saying too. You gotta have it as part of your arsenal, I think.
1: Speaking of dangerous, I think we were just really dangerous too. This assumption, <laughs> I think we killed it. I think so too. Well played. Thank you. You do use well. All right. All right. Well, we do have some freestyle for you guys today, so let's move on to that. Freestyle! Freestyle is where we build empathy. We take two minutes apiece and we prepare something that hasn't been prepared how's that yeah we each take a topic but we just don't know which point of view until now all right so the topic is just going to be we're going to reach down into the top hat of marketing awesomeness and we're going to pull out the two points of view that we will be discussing about analytics so here we go okay right. i'm going to unfold that and uh, we have marketing manager okay so i assume like just somebody yeah somebody who who's in a supervisory role who has some direct reports and you're trying to Share with them the value of analytics. I guess
2: I think that's probably good. Yeah, I'll take it. You want to hit me up for two minutes? I'm probably just going to say almost like what I just said, but I'm going to go. So you know, if I'm if I'm in a supervisory role uh, and I'm introducing this world of analytics and, and metrics in terms of um, what we're doing in communications, my sense would be that if you weren't, this is what we've been saying. If you're not comfortable with it, it's time to get comfortable with it because we can't create a strategy around gut feel only. And I think that um, we've talked about this before in other podcasts. There are dashboards that can help you with this now. There are other people in in an organization that do this for a living that you can tap into. There are so many podcasts and so many videos and so many blogs that you can educate yourself. And I I just feel like if you're a, a marketer, and you want to be successful, you have to think about it in terms of this. Imagine this is your money. Imagine this is your company. Uh, and we, I've heard we've heard that from from our current boss. You have to have the CEO mindset. And if you're a marketer or supervising marketers, they have to have feel like they have skin in the game. So it's not just a budget that they can just toss around willy nilly and not have any you know kind of responsibility for. There is a key to using this kind of budget and making sure you're getting the most out of it. So as a supervisor for these people, they have to be held responsible for what kinds of metrics they're doing and are they hitting it? And have they put the effort into thinking about how they're going to hit these things? And so I just think from a supervisory role that being able to prove their worth through metrics and marketing is so, so important. And I guess that's how I would put it is, is have skin in the game, make them have skin in the game and push at least a cursory knowledge of metrics and marketing metrics and analytics.
1: Hey, that's a really good point and I think it's one of those that's going to take just some time to sink in. Personally, yeah. um, in terms of how to do that, most likely a little bit at a time, but you know, try introducing you know just more analytics into those regular interactions you have with folks on your team and just see how that goes. Agreed. Agreed. All right. You're up next okay. where do we have analytics from the standpoint of an analyst. All right. This will be interesting. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. All right. So, Okay, here's where I'll go with this. I in working with analysts, what's great is all the insights that they can pull out after they start mining the data and they have all these recommendations and I think it's it's a challenge to be able to get people, get other team members to use those insights and put them in practice and start tweaking things because still a lot of times in marketing I feel like I'll lump myself into this too. You can see campaigns or websites or social social campaigns as your baby yeah. right we can feel some pride in our work but then when somebody tells us we need to tweak it or change it a little sure, bit what? and you know let's face reality sometimes that's hard to do it's hard mm-hmm. for somebody to tell you hey well now you need to change everything and again i've i have not been the best at this about knowing what to do with that that type no. of feedback but now that there is so much more data and feedback to share all in the name of succeeding all in the name of improving things As an analyst, I would want to. I would think my half the battle is knowing how to disseminate that to the rest of the team in a way that they will use it. It's not that easy because, again, a lot of us haven't come into this field thinking we were going to use a lot of math and science in it. And so we're just not naturally uh, inclined that way. And I'm just speaking in in general terms. And so the analyst's uh, challenge will be spending probably more time sharing information, thinking about how to do that, rather than just collecting the information, mining the data, and finding those insights, it's, it's more time spent than you might realize, and so uh, it's part of that function, though, to be able to do so in a way that helps the team. And so hopefully that's just the the way to go with it.
2: Nice, and one second under, nice nice work. Uh, can I just add on one more thing, because I just thought about it as you were speaking too. So if you're a supervisor, and you're trying to get your MarCom team to embrace and use uh, metrics and analytics, I think one of the other big things that a, a supervisor might have to deal with is, again, back to a resources issue, If you're using metrics and analytics correctly, and I'm going to put this into a healthcare industry perspective, you're going to get a lot of doctors and program directors that are going to want you to do, I want this out there or I want that out there. And if that's not pulling, if you can use metrics and analytics and you're pulling data that shows that actually no one gives a rat's, you know what, about that, you have now, as a supervisor, you now have data To go back to that person and say, well, you want this, but it literally, we can't spend any time on that because it's it's literally giving us nothing out there. And then you look the part all that much smarter, but then don't just say, we're not going to do this. Then offer a solution to it. We're not going to do this, but if we do it this way, we can maybe try it a little bit differently or something along those lines. But my point is, is that data gives you that kind of um, CYA document, if you will, and it gives you wherewithal to pivot With somebody that might be trying to hammer home one particular type of content that just is dying on the vine, and you just need to get in a different direction. If you try to do that just off of gut, or just, you're gonna sound, it's gonna sound subjective. And you, it probably won't be taken very well by somebody like a division chief or a program director or someone along those lines. So, just an extra thought about if you're supervising a, a team of marketers or content marketers, data can give you kind of <laughs> give you a roadmap and, and give you that kind of um, the ability to kind of say, nope, this isn't the direction we should be going. And I, I see it in front of me in black and white and numbers.
1: Numbers really do help in that way. And I think we can summarize by just saying the goal of it really is to improve what we're doing be yeah. more successful, we can't out of one side of our mouth say, nobody gets us, nobody understands marketing, we're not getting the resources we want, but then not adapt and not adopt math, science, analytics, data into what we're doing.
2: Yeah,
1: it's It's there for the taking. Let's take small steps, baby steps to getting there, but let's take steps and and get further along that path where we are more comfortable with it, recognizing that there are a lot of elements of experimentation and that science fair feel kind of bringing us all home uh, to to what we do every day. And the more we recognize that, the more we don't just think that, hey, someone's telling me, you know, my baby's ugly, you know, like (laughs) they're telling me to change something. The more we can get out of that mindset, the more successful marketing will be
2: I couldn't agree more. It's just, it takes a while. Like you said, it's not an instant change overnight, especially if it's not an area you felt very comfortable with. But um, I think you make yourself more valuable as a marketer. I think that the proof is in the pudding, so to speak, and and the data typically does not lie. You can manipulate data any any which way, but numbers are numbers. And I think you can only help yourself in terms of um, taking your career forward. So with that
1: that's what I would say that's great the data don't lie and the healthcare rap don't lie <laughs> you got it that's right you got it hey guys thanks for listening uh, check us out on healthcarerap.com for a full archive of previous episodes subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app we're out there on stitcher radio we're out there on uh, apple podcasts and google play store and uh, we're all, all over the place so uh, engage us with us there leave us a review if you've got a chance we'd love to see that we appreciate that that's one way that we are able to get the word out about the podcast to other listeners and yeah, give us some
2: ideas too if you want to hear something that that you haven't heard yet too
1: absolutely and so on behalf of peter and myself thanks again for tuning in and that's a wrap